Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Um, that's what it means when it talks about present yourself as a living sacrifice because it's not our life anymore. It does not belong to us. And so whenever you try to live life according to what you want to do, you're, you're not in complete surrender. You've just disconnected from that life. And it's something that you have to do moment by moment. It is not a once and for all thing. It is tapping in abiding in to that life that's already in us because he died on the cross he paid the price we do not belong to ourselves anymore and the lie is that I still can choose to go and do what I want to do and that that is just the lie of self and the lie of sin So the truth tells us in Romans to reckon yourself dead to sin. And so we're dead to this, our our life, you know. We're dead to sin that tempts us. And so if we're struggling with stuff like that, you know, whatever it is, if it's overeating, like for me, or, you know, is it being tempted by that alcohol, or is it lust, or is it just Or is it just thoughts that we just let run rampant in our mind and we don't rein them in and bring them into obedience? You know, it's um, your thought is going to determine, you know, as a man thinketh, so is he. And your thought determines, you know, what life are you receiving from? You lend your member, you choose. That's our choice. And if you're struggling with that stuff, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that does it. I can't change myself. God can show me that I need to change. You know, and then I cooperate with him by doing the things that I know to do. You know, um, if I recognize that I'm getting impatient with my daughter, um... Instead of getting grumpy and what you know, thinking you, I'm kind of that passive-aggressive person, you know, thinking the thought, <laughs> but pretending to be nice. Well, God sees that; He sees that heart, and so I, I ask Him every moment to please kill that thing in me you know whatever that is help me die to that and then I ask him to humble me and then I choose to humble my heart you know when I get up when I start the day I say I'm here I'm your living sacrifice today whatever you want it's not my life it's your life and I'm willing to figure out how to let you live your life through me. You know, not, I'm not going to go out and do stuff for the Lord. Not going to do that. I'm going to let him be. 
let him his being live through me um, and quit calling your flesh a demon stop baloney yeah are do is there spiritual warfare going around on around us yes nine times out of ten your flesh is cooperating with it so ask God to make that real to you say how can I not cooperate with this stuff that's going on around me that's attacking um, and how how can I allow you to kill this flesh in me so example of one of the things that how it's worked for me have this young lady at work who thinks she's my boss and you know the Lord had to deal with me in a lot of ways after I wasn't a manager anymore and there's a change in significance and status and you know you're not the boss anymore so you you know and this is that humbling you know you're, you kind of go through this insignificant thing that the enemy tries to bring in so here's this young lady that's 15 years younger than me and she's trying to be my boss and doing things that she shouldn't do. Now, I could go to my boss and say, ring, 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 ring. and then he would go after her because that's just right. But I chose, and it took a while, and I'm not telling you this was, because I've been doing this job for almost five years. You know, first couple of times I went to my boss, ring, 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 ring. And then the Lord was just, he just was so sweet. And he just said, you know, I'm trying to change you. <laughs> and I just need you to cooperate a little bit. So when she does this stuff, yeah, do you have the right to be upset about it and, you know, put her in her place or whatever? Yeah, you have that right, but I'm asking you to die to that. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> And it took time, you know, and, you know, like I'd get that snarky email in the morning and I'd be like, really? <laughs> and then I'd say, oh, God, just help me love her today, you know, just show me a way to just love her. Instead of responding back, you know, with my right or whatever, I, and then I would just let the Lord work. He would just do some amazing thing. And then I'd be able to minister to her or just tell her something like, you know, a lot of times I just say, I just appreciate you so much today. Wow, it's so good that you take care of all this stuff. Even though she's not supposed to. <laughs> but I just, I, it's important to her. You know, it's the way the Lord wants me to love on her. So I just, I've learned to just die to that. And now I enjoy, you know, I'll get the little email and I'll go, man, she must have had a rotten weekend again, you know? And it's usually Monday mornings. I can pretty much just check it. So, I mean, that's one of the ways. The other way is like just living with Phil and Tasha. And they're, they're so kind and so good, but it's their home, you know? And there's times that there'll be a little impatience shown to mom over something, whatever. And I'll be like, really? But then I go, no, 
Lord, just humble my heart. God, show me how to love him. Even though I can, I'm right, I'm the mom. Just, and then I said, keep my mouth shut. Put a guard on my mouth. But, you know, it's the guard on my mouth. It's the, the peace of God guarding my heart and my mind. But I have to put my thoughts, I have to sacrifice, you know, living sacrifice. Bring them into the obedience of Christ. I mean, those are all the things that I know that he's doing with my flesh. And, and how he's getting me where he wants me to be, where that life. Because it's not... It's not my life. It's even changing my vocabulary and how I think about it because it's his life. You know, he lives in me. And the power of the Holy Spirit is always in me, always ready to go. Um, it's, am I connected to it? Did I commune all day with it? And when I separated from it, how quick did I get back and repent? And... Um, allow that life to throw and and I'm I don't do it every day there's day I can go a few I've been heartbroken lately don't know why but I figure it's God doing something you know and so I don't sit there and dwell on what's wrong with me I just go I feel heartbroken God so I'm I'm trusting that's you you're doing something in me because he does he does it in in secret, in the night. We're not always aware when he's changing us. You know? So don't strive in it. Don't try to figure out how to do it. You know? Um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was trust. You know, we all have. We all have things that we believed for. And we haven't seen them. You know? Like whether it's healing or family or what you know whatever it is um, God when he when you can't see it he's working on trust that is your reward not the actual thing that you want or need your reward is trust where you trust in him not in the thing that you're asking him to do or the thing that you need but you trust in him. That's that face-to-face -face relationship with him, not the hand. And so when, so the other thing I want to say, so when we come to church or we run into one another and we ask, well, how are you? And they just say, oh, I'm okay. You bet. Don't fix them. Don't tell them, oh, you shouldn't be that way. You're the child of the Most High God. Stop that Christian jargon. Stop that. That is so unloving, so condemning. Um, it's not life. If you don't have time to find out how they are, don't ask. So when they say okay, come alongside them and say, what's up? How can I pray? And sometimes they might not want to talk about it. But you just recognizing, giving them a hug and saying, I'm here for you. You know, I love you. 
and it, a lot of times people don't want to verbalize it. So let them be authentic. You know, um, a couple weeks ago at the healing rooms, the team really got raw with each other and really authentic. And that is a work that God has done in us because he, he's taught us how to love each other and how to be there. And so people could say things in the group that no, n normally didn't happen. And we all walked away knowing people a little bit more, knowing ourselves a little bit more, and knowing the love of God and his faithfulness and that he can be trusted. And that's where we want him to get all of us, where we, we trust him. We don't try to fix each other. We trust him. We wait for him to speak through us and not to use our natural thinking and not to fix each other. And that's just a way of loving. And it's okay to be raw with each other, you know, and just lay it out, what you're going through, what God has shown you. I mean, we saw godly repentance with sorrow we saw rawness, you know, how somebody was just struggling, um, and there really wasn't any immediate answer, but we know who is the answer, don't we? He lives in us. So, he lives in us. You can trust him. So, remember to put your trust in him, not in your answer. So, that's, that's just my words of encouragement. So... So I just want to share a couple encouraging things uh, <clears throat> about the work that God is doing and, and the necessity uh, of our pursuit of fullness. Um, <laughs> so... As Kim was saying, we have to understand that this is his work in us. And, you know, I, I've, I've wondered about the barrenness of, of the church in America for a long time. And I, I really think it boils down to one thing. Uh, and it's it's that we as the church haven't died <laughs> and if if it's our life that is is trying to communicate the gospel to people uh, it's it doesn't work so most of the conversions I would say that that happen in America are are more based on mental assent than they are embracing truth from the heart of of what the true gospel is. So 
the way I want to encourage you is that this work of dying to self, it, it is a work. And I wish God didn't value our free will as much as he does. I wish that that we could just make the decision to die to self and embrace the life of Jesus one time and it would be done. Uh, that, that would be great. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but it, it is a taking up the cross daily, denying self, dying to self, so that the life that is within us can can grow and that life then can come forth so Romans chapter 8 if we need to have our faith strengthened which frequently in this journey we do need <laughs> uh, because the the self-life rears its ugly head and we wonder Lord am, am I even making progress <laughs> are, are, you, are you are you really doing this uh, so we we have to be convinced and that's what it is to have faith it, it's to be convinced of the truth of something and so Romans 8 I'm going to start in verse 29 we're all familiar with verse 28 <laughs> maybe I'll start there uh, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And that includes the, the difficult things. <laughs> those things that reveal the flesh, that, that reveal the self-life, uh, that, that reveal what, what it is that needs to die. For those who he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. So if you had any doubt whether this is really what we're called to, I'm, I'm telling you right now, he, he has predestined each one of us sitting here today to be conformed to the image of his son that's what we're talking about that is the life of his son coming forth in us that is that is fullness that is spiritual maturity that's that's where we're headed and it 
comes, it, it grows through embracing dying. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. See, that is the intent of the heart of God, is, is that we be glorified. And we will be glorified when we get to the place where we actually the the self-life the flesh has died and the resurrection life of Jesus comes forth because that's where this is headed and this is before we die it's it's before we die I think for a long time I thought it was when we died that that happens but the intent of the heart of God is that this happen, that we be glorified before we die, while we're still on earth. And that's what's going to bring in the great harvest. See, can, consider this, go, going back to the idea of the barrenness of the church. We have Jesus... the Son of God on a revival ministry tour in Judea for three and a half years and he ends up with 120 people. The, the Son of God the, the perfect man had 120 people at the end of three and a half years of exceedingly fruitful ministry. Even for Christ Jesus, he did not bring life to multitudes until he died. And his life came forth in a people. Those 120. Peter. He preaches the first message after being filled with the life of the Son of God. And 5,000 men and an unknown number of, of women and children come into the kingdom in one day. That's the difference. And, and that's, that's what's coming. And there's, there's an element of what is possible in the kingdom. And there's also an element of 
of what God is doing on the earth right now. And, and actually, those two things are, are on a collision course right now. Because we, we know there have been those in, in the last 2,000 years who, who have gone further than virtually anybody else. And through whom God has done more than virtually anybody else. And, and that's the element of what's, what's possible in, in the kingdom. When, when a people really go after the kingdom, I, I believe the heart of God has always been to say, oh, well, <laughs> if, if you're willing <laughs> to go after this, if you're willing to pay the price, I'll, I'll give it to you now. But there have been precious few over the last 2,000 years who, who have done that. Now, the other element that I talked about is, is the timing of God in terms of where, where we are in the overall redemptive plan of God and of creation. And if Terry Bennett is, is right, and I, I believe that he is, and he's saying that this, this is what the Lord is doing right now. He, he is in a restoration mode to bring forth the life of his son in a people <laughs> so that this task that the church has been given can be completed. And, and so that's why I, I say these, these two elements are, are on a collision course because... Uh, what, what has been only a distant possibility for many in the last 2,000 years is now what God's actually doing on the earth. So we, we have to maintain faith that yes, God is doing this. And there's there's a painful aspect of dying, dying to self in that we are, are powerless to do this. Uh, our self-confidence is our worst enemy in this. Because we, we have to get to the place where we understand that that he is the one who works in us to will and to do according to his good pleasure. This, this is his work. And our part is, is just to cooperate and not get annoyed. Recognize in ourselves, as, as Kim was saying, when, when death is coming forth, which is the self-life, the flesh-life, 
<laughs> and cut it off. <laughs> Say, okay, this this is obviously not you, Jesus, <laughs> because you were perfect. So I'm I'm turning away from this self pity, this desire, this whatever. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to trust you to keep going. And see, uh, many believe, and I, I agree with this, that in, in the Reformation we saw uh, the pastor slash teacher restored to the church. There was a restoration of the proper place of the Word of God. Sola Scriptura. Uh, <clears throat> and then over these last 500 years, we've, we've also seen the restoration of the evangelist. We've seen the restoration of prophets and we are seeing the restoration of apostles that's part of what God is doing if if the church a larger number than just those few who have made it to the life of Christ coming forth in a people over the last 2,000 years that we, we could count the number of people that that is is true of <laughs> if if this is something larger that God is doing now it's it's explained in the book of Ephesians where it talks about Jesus giving gifts of people to the church apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers and then we got to remember the whole rest of that passage that follows for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry so that they all come into fullness of Christ. So if the Lord is, is restoring apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and we're, we're at that place, as they now all come forward and work together in the church we can expect to see in our day and I believe we're, we're part of this we can expect to see the church coming into fullness and again it's going to begin with a remnant but when that remnant is empowered with the life of Christ they're going to see a huge harvest within the church and then that next wave is going to begin to bring in the harvest from outside the church. So that's what's going on. And if we continue this passage in Romans chapter 8, you know, we've just talked about being how God foreknew us and he predestined us to be conformed to the life of his son. Uh, Paul goes on. What shall we say to these things? 
If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And that's what he's in the process of doing. <laughs> Giving us all things. And, and taking us to fullness. Taking us to be conformed to the image of his son. I, I want to share a, a couple things. Is that good or what? It's I I know. Uh, get the get this book. The Spiritual Life by Andrew Murray. Uh I still haven't made it through. Because I, I won't allow myself to go beyond That's the only way to read this book. Because he he is calling people forth. This is a series of messages that Andrew Murray gave at Moody Bible Institute more than a hundred years ago. And he was calling forth those essentially seminary students into the life of Christ Jesus. Uh, telling them that there there is much more <laughs> than a head knowledge of God, and there there is power available, <laughs> but that power is the life of Jesus, uh, and I, I'm on I'm stuck on this one chapter. I'm on my third time through it, or fourth. Because there is just so much there. Uh, he's uh, <clears throat> he just he gets into what. Jesus gave up. Uh, how Jesus was the first to enter into the crucified life. Before the cross. <laughs> Which is why he was the exact representation of the Father. And, and that is the intent for the people of God. <laughs> that we we not just represent him well, but that we actually become the exact representation of the Father. <laughs> and that is absolutely and positively something that none of us can have any hope of accomplishing on our own. <laughs> with, with our own life, 
uh, coming forth. It, it, it will not happen. Looking for this one uh, set of statements uh, that he makes. Um, Beloved, listen. Christ only lived for God's will. And do you want that Christ in your hearts? Or do you want to try and live a little for your own will? Do you want the living Christ, the Christ that reveals God, the living Christ who gave up everything? Do you want that Christ? <laughs> how, how, can, how can you put it any better than that? Uh, I'm afraid we have never acknowledged the right that God has and that we have never understood every power I have comes straight from God my whole life comes from God and every moment of my life ought to go back to God and every strength I get in the spiritual life comes from God just as the sunlight comes from the sun Everything ought to go back to God and every action be to the glory of God. Just the, the beginning of that one paragraph. Um, Beloved, listen. Christ only lived for God's will. And do you want that Christ in your hearts? Or do you want to try and live a little for your own will? <laughs> that, that's what it boils down to. Uh, do you want the living Christ, the Christ that reveals God, the living Christ who gave up everything, do you want that Christ? Because that is the Christ that will bring in the harvest. When we speak to people about the gospel, it, it should be deep calling unto deep. And when that happens, there, there will be transformational conversion. Instead, most of what we have that's called evangelism uh, these days is Christians like us who, who feel guilty about not sharing the gospel with people under condemnation <laughs> sharing some form of the gospel with people who obviously need to hear the gospel but something deep within them sees 
that the person in front of them is at odds with this gospel within himself. And therefore, deep is not calling unto deep. <laughs> and the person says, <laughs> why, why would I want to be any more self-conflicted than I already am? This, this is the truth. <laughs> uh, so, you know, what, what needs to happen is, is we need to answer that, that question that Andrew Murray was saying. And, and we need to say, yes, I want that Christ. <laughs> that, that one who, who had no life of his own but who did what the Father was doing and said what the Father was saying. That one who had given up his life so completely that the cross was a foreordained conclusion. And remember, it, it is God who, who works in us <laughs> to bring us to fullness. And, and so we, we need to look at, at some of these passages uh, that encourages, encourage us that, yes, this is indeed what the Father is doing. This is Colossians 4.12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you. He is always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. Wow. <laughs> we, we can do that for one another. He's always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. That's, that's what it looks like. Standing mature and fully assured in all the will of God. So let's pray. Father in heaven, I, I thank you that it's, it's been your eternal will to bring forth a people on the earth who are so filled with the life of your Son 
that they represent you exactly. Father, I, I thank you that you have predestined us to enter into that fullness. So I ask for grace for it to be measured to us to overcome the self-life, the flesh life, and to cooperate with your work in us day by day, hour by hour, choice by choice, Choosing your life, denying self, and embracing you. So Lord, have, have your way in us. Bring us into maturity. be glorified in us. Thank you that it's the life of your Son that brings forth glory. We can't have it without Him. <laughs> we can't have Him without the glory. So we, we thank you. <laughs>